As AI continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation we can't ignore. AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. HackerOne employs over 2 million ethical hackers, and 750 of them specialize in prompt hacking and other AI security and testing. So HackerOne isn't just theorizing, they're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large company, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI for more. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI. This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. This episode is brought to you by Gigantic. At Gigantic, you can level up your product skills through live small group cohort-based trainings. We're incredibly excited to welcome you to our next cohort of our product strategy training kicking off in January of 2024. This course will take you through the frameworks that product leaders use at companies like eBay, DoorDash, Groupon, Rent the Runway in order to scale their teams. It's taught by Ben Foster, a friend of this podcast, who is the former chief product officer at Whoop. So come join us. Go to gigantic.is. That's gigantic.is. And save your seat for our January cohort. Your potential is gigantic, and we're here to help you reach it. Go to gigantic.is to reserve your seat today. All right, Mike, so you might remember this news. Well, it's gotten $41 million in funding and lit up the blogosphere. But can color live up to the hype and markets territory in the world of social media? Color is a cross-platform application that allows users to share recently snapped photos with others in their vicinity. I definitely do. I mean, who could forget the $41 million figure? This must be color.com, which was launched by Bill Noyan and Peter Pham back in, what, 2012? That's right. The $41 million figure is now infamous as Bill decided to make it a huge part of that launch campaign. And the media couldn't really let it go after that. No. So today we're going to dive into what happened at this infamous company that despite raising massive amounts of money with two seasoned founders, seemed doomed from the beginning. Today we'll dive into just what went wrong at color.com. Welcome to Rocketship.fm. 
Rocket Ship FM is produced in partnership with Product Collective. We are your hosts, Michael Saka. And I'm Mike Belsito. So I think it's important to understand who Bill Noyne is and why they were able to raise this $45 million before even having a pitch deck. Yeah, Bill Noyne grew up in Houston uh, and was the son of Vietnamese immigrants. His real first name is Vu, but the mom of a childhood crush misheard it as Bill, and the name just stuck. Yeah, so early on in his career, he headed business development and product management at the Forefront Group, which was founded in 1992, and had their initial public offering in 1995. He then served as the vice president of products of Freeloader, which was founded in 1995 and sold in 1996. Noin then founded OneBox.com in 1999. It was acquired for $850 million in 1999 by Phone.com. He sold his stake pretty quickly and started Seven Networks, a wireless email firm that claimed 1.4 billion accounts. Seven Networks was founded in May 2000, and Bill served as its co-chief executive officer till April of 2005. But in 2002, Noin was named to the MIT Technology Review's TR100 as one of the top 100 innovators in the world under the age of 35. Impressive, right? But we're still not even done yet. After seven networks, Noin then co-founded Lala Media. In 2006, Newsweek and Wired described the company as a mix of MySpace, Netflix, Napster, and iTunes. Just a couple small product builds, it sounds like. Totally, right? Eventually, Lala developed one of the first free streaming music services. Here's a clip of Bill talking at the Lala headquarters before this huge announcement as they were launching partnerships with Facebook and Google. Can we get a graph of that? Is it just going to be like... We actually, right now at, at Lala, there's actually a ticker roll showing the traffic bump, which is, is it, actually pretty awesome. It's going to be like 100 times what you've ever seen. That's well, my well, guess. I mean, today is especially nuts because we also... Facebook went fully live today. Right. So we got... We're getting crushed. And so we're, I think we're going to go from our 15 million to about... 60 million uniques today. Overnight. Overnight. So it's, it's a good day. Yeah, that sounds like a pretty good day. Um, mm. So eventually on December 5th, 2009, Lala was acquired by Apple for $80 million. Uh, but Apple then just a couple months later announced that Lala.com as a service was going to shut down. And indeed, it, it did shut down in May of 2010. Either way. He's led teams through several massive exits at this point. Yeah, really, it seemed like he wasn't able to do anything wrong. Yeah, so in 2010, post-Apple, he decided to start a new venture, Color. And in order to make Color his biggest success yet, he recruited none other than Peter Pham to be his president and co-founder. Peter Pham was the former Bill Shrink CEO and Photobucket VP of Business Development. Yeah, and now he's one of the co-founders of Science Inc., which has famously incubated companies like Dollar Shave Club. Yeah, so together they raised the $41 million without a pitch deck. It was essentially raised on their name and pedigree alone before the eventual idea of the company was even developed. According to Peter, when he was recruited by Bill to co-found Color to be their president, it was originally going to be a gaming company. Gaming? Interesting. Yeah, I found this clip of Peter talking about it with Sarah Lacey and Jason Kalkanis and some other folks for uh, a Pando interview. The vision was not, the vision evolved the first, call it, month we were there. I mean, we, we started... Proximity-based we, social network is a brilliant yeah, idea. We started off supposed to be a gaming company. Oh. Actually, nobody knows well, that. Nobody knows that. And yet you ended up selling t-shirts. <laughs> but this wasn't just a gaming company. Bill was obsessed with the rise of mobile and specifically the sensors and geolocation that phones had the capability to capture. Look, the mobile's changing everything, obviously. Let's build something interesting around sensors on the mobile devices and, and kind of start, we started in the augmented reality 
space of maybe designing games around that. And quickly, we just kind of, and I, kind of stepping back, I would never have done another photo sharing company, right? If, if that had been the vision you yeah, wanted, was like you wanted I just, to share bills. <laughs> Bill just after yeah. photo bucket to do another photo sharing, I just didn't want to do. But then, as the you know, when you're kind of in the thick of things, and we had a one of the most amazing engineering teams that that we had recruited, we started going down this path that you know what the sensors and gaming really doesn't work. It makes sense, but fuck, the sensors should help define what the social network is, and 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 it's gonna be. I, I still believe the vision is true. I just don't know when it's going to happen, which is. You know, the devices and the amount of time I spend with Jason and Jason, the times I see you, it will over time be smarter and intelligent sure. of mm -hmm. who my friends are and who's in the room and, and, and the application of the data will define my new social networks. That was always the vision. So they eventually landed on this vision, as Peter described, of a social network that was uniquely mobile and connected people based on their location. So before they even launched, Color started off by spending $425,000 for the domain color.com, both the U.S. spelling and the English spelling. And before Color launched the app, they had a pretty amazing workspace. Uh, New York Times described it as a cavernous office in downtown Palo Alto where 38 employees work in a space with room for 160 amid beanbag chairs, tents for napping, and hand-built half-pipe skateboard ramps, too. Jeez. So how was the Color app supposed to work? Okay, so... If we both went to the same concert, I could get access to everybody using the app's photos of that concert, creating this shared experience where you could build a social network based on who you're most often around. It's a unique idea, right? And they had the cash and the team really to pull it off. Yes, but things started to go sideways. And we'll talk about the launch of Color right after this first break. Okay, so this brings us back to the launch of Color, March 24th, 2011, the much-anticipated new social network that had all the tech media buzzing. Well, it's gotten $41 million in funding and lit up the blogosphere, but can Color live up to the hype and mark its territory in the world of social media? Color is a cross-platform application that allows users to share recently snapped photos with others in their vicinity. Its launch last week provoked intense debate from excitement to disdain for the idea. Many users have expressed frustration with the new app, giving it just two stars out of five on both the Apple and Android app stores. Privacy is one concern because the photos taken with it are automatically made public. And one security researcher at Veracode discovered that you can use a jailbroken iPad to get access to photos from users anywhere in the world. Co-founder Bill Wynn proved his success long before launching Color, his eighth technology startup. He's returned more than $3 billion to investors. Apple. So right out of the gate, Bill Noyne is on the defensive with a security breach and an app that was underwhelming users. Users who were excited to try out the app, but they were met with this graveyard experience since the app was based around shared experience, not necessarily connecting with people you know. So they were onboarded into the app, but there really wasn't much to do. Yeah, I actually remember it. I remember back then uh, being in New York even and trying to use the app, and I had that exact experience. And I was thinking to myself, like, this is New York, you know, like, shouldn't, right. shouldn't there be more going on? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, here's a bit more from that interview with Bloomberg. Not everyone liked it, but nobody ignored it, yeah. certainly. Why is this a $41 million idea? Actually, I hope it's a lot more than 41. <laughs> um, you know, we, we, we have this very simple premise that we live in the post-PC world now. 
So what that means is our lives are really going to be around these smartphones, the things I discovered when I was at Apple. And what that means is instead of having virtual friends online and sending emails and photos, what happens when we have a social network wherever we are, at a birthday party, at a dinner, at a ball game, why don't we get to know all the people around us, our friends, people that we've never met before. It's a new way of doing social networking. and It's about where you actually are, not about being on virtual reality and the web. I want to take a look at some of the, the comments that were, were posted about this. Paul Carr of TechCrunch said, Every fiber of my psychological being is telling me the launch of color is less remarkable than me being caught in a rainstorm or finding a shiny penny on a street. Then you've got John Battelle, founder of Federated Media, saying, Note to Facebook, Twitter, and Foursquare, if you don't get this feature into your service pronto, you will more likely than not be ruining the day colors launched. What do you think color is going to be and how do you intend to prove some of these naysayers wrong? Well, I think if you look at the technology industry, every time that you apply new technology to a, a known problem, people react very differently from loving it to hating it. I remember the days of Yahoo. When Yahoo came out, they had all these amazing librarians telling us what the best links on the web were. And when Google came out, they said, you know, we're going to have machines telling you what the best links are. People didn't respond so well to it, but I don't think many of us Yahoo today anymore. We mostly Google. So same thing, I think that a social network designed around where you actually are, not having to pick friends, not having any followers, this is very disruptive for the people that have built a social network around the web. This is a very different type of social network, and it's designed around your phones, and it really only works if you do it with other people. So it's a, it's a crazy application because you have to have someone next to you. You can't really do it in your room at 4 a.m. in the middle of the night with a Diet Coke next to you. It's truly social. It's truly social. Not exactly a celebration tour. He's getting hit with questions no founder would want to have to answer after their first product launch. Yeah, and he ended up appearing on This Week in Startups shortly after this and talked about how he was going to have to clean some of this up. I remember it being kind of a downer of an episode. You launched the app. Um, it feels, frankly, like maybe the app was launched, I don't want to say rushed, but in its most basic form, almost like a minimal viable product. Um, and I can't seem to figure out how to block somebody. I can't figure out how to add somebody. Explicit behaviors that I can do in a Facebook or a Twitter. Are those things coming? And what is your, what is your product release philosophy? Is it MVP, minimal viable product? Is it slow product like Path? What, what's the approach? Why did it come out so basic? Yeah, I think the problem is it's not that we didn't finish it. I think we have a very bad designer, and that, and that would be me. So. <laughs> You know, we tried to do three things in one release, which was way too ambitious in hindsight. We we tried to introduce to people this concept of a multi-lens, which is that you can use multiple devices to take pictures together. We tried to introduce this concept to them that you can discover people when you're nearby them. And then we tried to create this concept of an elastic network where you can see other people's lives when you're not around them. I went for way too much. So what you're going to see in the next release is we're going to solve one problem. We're going to make the multi-lens work really well. So whether you're at a birthday party or out at, at, at a dinner with friends or at a concert. We're gonna make that one scenario work flawlessly with all the control people expect. So for example, so right now to block, you have to tap on someone's photo and then you have to say block. That's way too much effort. We're gonna make it much more visible to be able to do that. We're gonna make it much easier to connect to someone with a multi-length, whether it's invite or anything else like that. We, so we're fixing these things and that's simply, that's, that's no one else's, it's not an engineer's fault, it's not a designer's fault. Uh, you're looking at the guy who did this, it's, it's my fault. At least he's taking ownership of the issues, but yeah, this isn't the typical This Week in Startups interview. He sounds kind of defeated, actually. Yeah, and what was happening behind the scenes and what did the eventual decline of color look like? We're gonna get into that after one more quick break to hear from our sponsors. 
So behind the scenes, things weren't going much better. Here's Peter Pham again. We weren't ready to launch, obviously. Yeah. But Bill had picked the launch date and hella high wire we were hitting it. And look, I'd recruited DJ in, mm-hmm. right? He convinced him to leave LinkedIn to join. This um, is DJ Patel. DJ Patel. Mm-hmm. DJ Patel was the director of strategy, research, and product at eBay, and then the head of data products at LinkedIn. He went on to be the VP of product at Relate IQ, which was acquired by Salesforce, and then the chief data scientist at the White House until 2017. So he's basically the best of the best in terms of data and product. Uh, yeah, you could say that. All right. So back to Peter. He was supposed superstar. to be superstar, yeah. rock star. He was going to be chief product officer. I'm the president. Bill's the kind of CEO visionary. And... DJ was supposed to get in and, and really build the product. DJ didn't get to touch the product, right? It was all Bill. I didn't. Mm-hmm. I stopped having influence as well. And, and and when we raised the money, we launched kind of concurrently. All I think the entire team said we shouldn't launch. Ouch! A rogue CEO making all the calls and not trusting his team, producing a subpar product that got ripped apart publicly on arrival. This launch really colored the rest of the company's history. <laughs> I see what you did there. So, <laughs> uh, so first, Peter Pham walked away. So wait, so what happened it. is <laughs> fu- yeah, fundamentally it became a relationship between founders just not. Bill and I just didn't have the same. Do you feel, the same. Bill, though, after having the success he had with, um, was it Lala? Lala. Well, he, two companies. One box. One box One he box sold Lala. for $800 million and then Lala for So do you think he Apple. became disconnected with the startup ethos and the focus and being able to listen and collaborate with people? Because sometimes people... He stop. thought he knew... He thought he, he knew. thought he knew better than the team. Every, every time. And according to Peter, he hasn't talked to Bill since they split. But that's not where the story ends. No. No. So Color eventually gave up on their app and they pivoted to using their main competitor's platform, Facebook, to try to put some of their technology to good use. I remember this, the Facebook relaunch. Yeah. Just six months after their initial launch, Color pivoted and then relaunched the application with a Facebook integration and this video sharing feature. That app also struggled to build an audience initially, so they partnered up with Verizon to have the app come pre-installed on the carrier's 4G LTE-enabled Android phones, thereby ensuring a wide audience. So Color's user base increased from 50,000 monthly active users on Android in May to more than 400,000 just four months later. Even so, that paled in comparison to other apps like Instagram, which has more than 7 million daily active users on mobile. Yeah, and at this time, Bill Noyne decided to step away from his day-to-day activities. And shortly after that, the company was sold off to Apple for just $7 million. It's rumored Apple was interested in their patents and their engineering team, but it was barely even an aqua hire. And then... That's right. It wasn't over yet for knowing. Aubrey Johnson, a designer at Color, broke his silence about what happened. Aubrey explained that the Lala employees that came over with Noin from Apple, they gave up vesting of their Apple stock. That Apple stock actually tripled in value in the same time. But instead, they fell annoying to Color with the promise of being on the ground floor of something huge. These employees especially felt burned by knowing, and they certainly regretted their decision to walk away from their Apple stock. And then Adam Witherspoon, a founding employee of Color Labs, filed a suit against the company and its CEO, Bill Noyne. And in that suit, there were even more unfortunate details about how Noyne had been using company funds to pay for his nanny, family ski instructor. This is obviously a breach of his fiduciary responsibility. And today, several years later, Color's 
faded away. Yeah, it's it's hard to even find color employees listing it on their resume or their LinkedIn profile. Almost everyone we researched has scrubbed it from their own history. Which really sort of says it all. Yeah, all this failure, it can take its toll on folks. Yeah, that's why next week we're going to take a brief intermission from the product failure stories uh, about specific companies and failures. And we're going to talk with who some call a startup CEO whisperer. That's why next week we're going to take a brief intermission from these product failure stories of various companies and products that have failed. We're going to talk with who some call a startup CEO whisperer. And he was actually Alex Bloomberg's coach on the startup podcast, Jerry Colonna. We're going to talk to Jerry about the psychology of failure. I'm really excited for this one. And after that, we're going to come back with even more product failure stories from American Airlines and Amazon and many more. Thank you so much for listening to Rocketship.fm. It's your support that keeps the show going. Rocketship.fm is now part of the Podglomerate Network. If you want to learn more about the other shows on the Podglomerate Network, go to thepodglomerate.com. Rocketship.fm is produced in partnership with Product Collective, a community for product people. If you go to productcollective.com, you could check out live video interviews, sign up for our newsletter, be a part of our Slack group with over 6,000 product people. Just check it out at productcollective.com.